great day with the presidential campaign heating up. Part of that in reaction to the town hall meeting from Tuesday night where uh, President uh, Trump uh, actually dueled with Caitlin Collins of CNN. There's a uh, host on CNN who actually now says that he would understand if people never watch CNN again. Really? To punish the network for giving all that uh, time and energy to Trump? Uh, There's also a prominent conservative, uh, Peggy Noonan, former aide to President Reagan, former aide to President George George Herbert Walker Bush, uh, master speechwriter. She actually talks about the event on CNN being a dumpster fire. And speaking of dumpster fires, there is more than a dumpster fire. There is a four-alarm blaze going on on the southern border with uh, record levels of people crossing the border, hoping that they can win asylum. Uh, Why has this been such a disaster in terms of handling by the Biden administration? We'll talk about that with Jason Riley of The Wall Street Journal. And Jason Riley is a big advocate of illegal immigration. He has been for a long time. He wrote a book called Let Them In. And uh, he believes that uh, what is happening here is that Joe Biden is in the process of the mishandling of the immigration uh, uh, Title 42 matter uh, that he is basically handing a potential election victory to Trump. Why? He didn't build a wall. He didn't get Mexico to pay for anything. But uh, because the alternative looks so unbelievably depressing. And speaking of unbelievably depressing, uh, there are two new comments from the vice president of the United States, uh, who is now taking part in in an equity commission. Uh, She's done such a good job of coordinating our response on the border. Uh, There's also a... uh, a uh, complete uh, verdict of hypocrisy. I mean, unbelievable hypocrisy at the United Nations, which we will cover. And there is a, an ongoing uh, fight about anti-Semitism in uh, some of the fringes of the conservative movement. There is a conservative Christian nationalist uh, group called Reawaken America, Uh, It uh, features the participation of members of the Trump family, particularly the president's former president's son and his daughter-in-law, Eric and Lara. And uh, we will get to some of the controversy there. They have invited people who basically blame Jewish people for everything. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, who's been a great defender of the president and uh, uh, really been somebody who has helped uh, defend him in some of the charges against him, uh, actually has taken a very strong stand uh, against the idea of having people who believe that uh, Jews were responsible for World War II and that uh, Hitler was getting the right idea. Those should not be featured speakers uh, on a platform together with the president's own family. We will get to that and be speaking to... Uh, law professor and legal eagle Alan Dershowitz about questions of freedom of speech 
and uh, limitations on hate speech. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. No better way to begin than with uh, some of the optimistic and inspiring words by America's one and only vice president. Uh, There are lots of people who say, well, we should forget about her. She's irrelevant. She might not be. Uh, Joe Biden uh, will be 82 years old when he is uh, inaugurated for the second term, if he wins a second term. And uh, Kamala Harris literally is just a heartbeat away. Uh, Here is a uh, her statement, which is truly inspiring, about us speaking the truth. Uh, Listen, this is clip 14. And on the issue of equity, you know, this is about, this commission is about speaking real, right? Motivated by hope and faith, but speaking truth about the obstacles to actually achieving all that hope and faith can drive. Okay, and uh, she uh, went on about explaining what equity means with the beginning of this equity commission. Uh, Listen, clip 15. You know, so many of us have come from movements that were about the fight for equality. We also understand there's a difference between equality and equity. Equity is everyone deserves to have, right, and be treated equal. But equity understands that not everybody starts out on the same base. So if you're giving everybody an equal amount, but they're starting out on different bases, are they really going to have the opportunity to compete and achieve? That's why we purposefully, as an administration, the president, myself, the secretary, and, and everyone in our administration, are so dedicated to a specific principle, which is that of equity. Okay. Do you understand that? Uh, Jeremy, you think that's comprehensible to people? Uh, and, and again, uh, yeah, the, the basic difference between uh, what liberals mean when they talk about equality and they talk about uh, equity, uh, the equality means that everybody gets treated the same that you don't give unfair advantages to one side or another. You don't hold people back because of who they are. What equity means is that you need to make sure that everybody starts out at the same point, and they obviously manifestly don't. Uh, This is one of those things President Trump was talking about at the uh, New Hampshire a town hall that he participated in when he was asked about uh, when they're a star, when you're a star, they let you do it, meaning grabbing people by their you-know-what. And um, what he said is he said, this is just the way it is for a million years. Uh, there are some people who do better. And uh, what did he mean by doing better? Well, you can fill in the blanks. But the the idea that uh, equity means that there are going to be similar results, let's face it, uh, there are people um, everywhere in the United States, by the way, including President Trump, uh, in, including, uh, if, if you will, uh, of President, uh, uh, President Biden, 
who benefit from the fact that they have a, uh, a families which uh, actually contributed more, achieved more, uh, set them up better in life. Now, I mentioned Joe Biden's family because it's true that his father was just a middle-class guy. He was not somebody of great wealth. But Joe Biden had a grandfather who was a member of the state legislature in Pennsylvania. And they they were, in fact, a hardworking uh, success story American family. That's not true so much for George Santos. Uh, today, by the way, he voted for a bill that seeks to crack down on unemployment benefits fraud. That was the same crime he was charged with two days ago, uh, which is interesting. Uh, also, they have made a fascinating choice in uh, the U.N. in terms of um, chairing the International Human Rights Council Social Forum. Which country got that assignment? We will get to that and more coming up on The Michael Medved Show. And we're going to say, we're not having that. We're not playing that. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. The United States uh, announced today that it was sending reinforcements to the Persian Gulf after what it called increasing harassment by Iran of ships in the oil-rich waters. A quote, uh, John Kirby told this to reporters, the Department of Defense will be making a series of moves to bolster our defensive posture in the Gulf. That's what the National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters. He said there would be details on those reinforcements in coming days. Uh, Meanwhile, Iran got some surprising reinforcement of its own. It secured a senior role at the prestigious United Nations Human Rights Council yesterday, despite uh, hanging... Uh, two men on charges of blasphemy earlier this week. Iran will serve as chair of the Human Rights Council Social Forum for the next year, which is set to be focused on how technology can be used to promote human rights. And no no country m- more concerned with promoting human rights, particularly the ab- ability of women to... Uh, Uh, Travel in public without a hijab, right? Uh, They're terrific on that one and so much else. The announcement came just days after Iran executed two men for participating in a social media discourse titled Critique of Superstition and Religion. Uh, It's it's one of those things where it's true that, that people of various religious orientations can be uh, extremely unforgiving, intolerant of uh, any other point of view. But I, 
I really don't know at at this moment in history of any other religious faith other than uh, radical corners of Islam where they will kill people for expressing religious doubts. It's been hundreds of years, and and really hundreds of years since uh, Christians have done that. Uh, And the, uh, the, (laughs) the idea that... Iran is now elevated to uh, the role of uh, being the chair of the Human Rights Council Social Forum. This is uh, like the old days at the UN when they made uh, put Libya, when it was still uh, being uh, run as a dictatorship by Colonel Gaddafi, putting Libya in charge of uh, human rights um, uh, efforts. Uh, meanwhile, uh, big news in New York. It's now made the front page. Everybody remembers the story, which is a sad and horrible story, of uh, Jordan uh, Neely, who was uh, uh, died in a chokehold on the subway in New York after he was freaking out and apparently scaring other passengers. The passenger who held him in the chokehold has now been uh, arrested and charged. He, uh, his name is Daniel Penny. He's been described as a former Marine, and uh, he is. And he came in, has been cooperating with the authorities, but he's charged with second-degree manslaughter, which means that, yes, he committed uh, a death, he was responsible for the death, but that wasn't his intent. The uh, family lawyer for Jordan Neely, the Michael Jackson impersonator, who, by the way, had been arrested in the last four years at least 42 times. I mean, he had a uh, prolific record, but... Uh, Jordan Neely's family lawyer spoke to reporters after Daniel Penny turned himself in to police to face that charge from which he's being released on bond. His parents put up the $100,000 bond or helped to make sure that it was there. In any event, uh, this is the family lawyer for the uh, victim of that charge about uh, the innocence of his of, of client, I mean the family for whom he has a client, the innocence of Jordan Neely and his sense of justice. Uh, clip 11. Because we all could be one paycheck or two away from that happening to us. We could be one tragedy away from that happening to us. So who are we to look at someone and say they were houseless, so they must be a bad person. They were houseless, so they must have been about to attack us. They must have been about to hurt us. So we had the right to take his life because our life matters more. That's not the situation we want to live in. That's not the community we want to have. We don't want it where you can kill someone because you thought there was a possibility they could do something to you. There was no attack. Mr. Neely did not attack anyone. He did not touch anyone. He did not hit anyone. But he was choked to death. And that can't stand. That can't be what we represent. Okay, the the interesting thing here is uh, I, Daniel Penny did not want to be the one to decide what happened here. He um, and in fact, his his lawyer uh, makes clear that uh, 
the uh, 24-year-old ex-Marine uh, is cooperating with authorities. Uh, this is clip 10. He did so voluntarily and with the sort of dignity and integrity that is characteristic of his history of service to this grateful nation. Okay, uh, and uh, his service does not include a prolific arrest record. The, the, the fascinating thing here is that the initial response of the authorities was that the other people on the subway car were apparently upset enough so that they did feel there was a danger. Uh, basically, uh, Jordan Neely was screaming out, and this is on the tape, uh, that he was ready to die and uh, was clearly having a very difficult time and uh, has not only a uh, history of houselessness and of uh, multiple arrests, but uh, of very severe mental illness. Uh, is it a shame that he died? It's, of course, a shame that he died. Is there going to be a full investigation of this case? Absolutely. There was um, actually more about uh, uh, rights and human rights and unfairness and equity that is raised by Alan Dershowitz. His most recent book is called Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties Due Process and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. He wrote the entire book defending Donald Trump, but now he has become concerned about a pro-Trump conference in which uh, Trump's uh, son and daughter-in-law are um, playing leadership roles that includes or did include at one point uh, some very prominent uh, anti-Semites. We will be speaking with Professor Alan Dershowitz coming right up on The Medved Show. And on The Michael Medved Show, it is a pleasure always to welcome back to the show Alan Dershowitz, author most recently of the bestseller Get Trump, The Threat to Civil Liberties Due Process and Our Constitutional Rule of Law. And uh, uh, Professor Dershowitz has been a very prominent in efforts to uh, try to see that uh, two, two or more very prominent anti-Semites have no role in a conference that has been scheduled for the Trump Doral Hotel from a, a group called Reawaken America. Uh, my understanding, Alan, is that um, recently they have uh, dumped Scott McKay and Charlie Ward from uh, the speaking gigs that they were going to be having at the uh, Trump Doral yeah. Hotel in Florida. Yeah, well, I got in touch with Eric Trump when I found out about it, and I said, look, you just don't want to allow the Trump name to be associated with these uh, Nazis. They're not even neo-Nazis. They're old-fashioned Hitler Nazis. Um, you know, they claim that Jews killed Abraham Lincoln, Jews killed McKinley and Kennedy. They brought down the towers. Um, you know, they eat children, the whole blood libel thing. Well, they, doesn't out out? Charlie Ward believes that the whole international banking Federal Reserve system uh, was predicated on uh, drinking blood of Christian children. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of the old joke they used to tell two Jews sitting in a cafe in Vienna. One of them is reading uh, the local Jewish newspaper. The other one is reading the Nazi rag. It's 1935, 1936. And the guy who's reading the Jewish newspaper says, why are you reading this Nazi rag? He says, I used to read the Jewish newspaper. Everybody's in trouble. There are pogroms. There are attacks. There's anti-Semitism. Now I read the Nazi newspaper. The Jews control the world. They control banking. It's all good. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's the most absurd thing. It goes back, obviously, to the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. But but I have to tell you, I was about to devote my whole podcast to attacking uh, Eric, uh, who I've known for, for quite some time, for being complicit in this. And then I spoke to him on the phone. He called me. And then he wrote me a, a, an email in the morning yesterday and saying, no, you're right. You've persuaded me. You've convinced me. And, and we're, we're throwing him out. And we're not going to have anything to do with him anymore. So... You know, I, I regard it as a, a small victory for the forces of good over the forces of uh, horrible anti-Semitism. And Eric Trump did the right thing. Oh, OK. Congratulations to him on that. And congratulations to you, because it was your intervention yeah. that seems to have helped. They were also going to be hosting Robert Kennedy Jr., presidential candidate. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, he has now dropped out because he uh -huh. I don't think likes the company there. Part of the problem is this is at least partially sponsored by General Michael Flynn, who yeah, yeah. has been very involved with QAnon and uh, promoting a QAnon view yeah. of the world. Look, both both sides have problems. The Democrats have these these horrible anti-Semites, uh, Tlaib and um, Omar uh, uh, and they sponsored a hate event sponsored by a Jewish senator, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, tolerated by a Jewish majority leader of the Senate. The Democrats have done less to prevent at least, you know, Eric Trump did the right thing. He got rid of him. Uh, and we'll see what we're going to do about about Flynn. But it, but the Democrats are not doing the right thing. And they're promoting anti-Semitism, this whole myth of the Nakba as if somehow the Jews caused the disaster that the Palestinian leadership imposed on the Palestinian people by not accepting the two-state solution that the U.N. proposed in 1947. It's just a rewriting of history, and it's absurd. And, um, and it's a scandal that uh, a senator allowed the good name of the United States Senate to be tarnished by having an event, a hateful event. Imagine if a white supremacist wanted to have an event, and, 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 and Bernie Sanders said, oh, that's okay. It would never happen, uh, and, and the country wouldn't stand for it. And there's no difference between uh, white supremacy on the one hand and left-wing anti-Semitism on the other hand. They're equally bad. Uh, apparently, the Democrats also ended up doing the right thing because Rashida Tlaib, the congresswoman from uh, Michigan, uh, wanted to have some kind of official... House of Representatives recognition of what this called the Nakba, the catastrophe, right. and the catastrophe yeah. in in Palestinian terminology is the creation of the state of, of Israel, yeah. and uh, yeah. so that was apparently stopped. That was um, uh, e e be because it is the House of Representatives, and it's controlled by yeah. Kevin McCarthy. Speaker McCarthy right. stood up against it. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I'd be delighted to have a full discussion in the Senate or anywhere else in the House about what Nakba means, about how the events of 1947 and 1948 unfolded. It would be a good educational moment to uh, have the world understand 
that Israel was prepared to accept a Palestinian state much, much larger than what functionally Israel would be in terms of arable land. And the Palestinians instead engaged in a genocidal war, which is what created the refugee problem and then planned an attack against Israel in 67, which created the second refugee problem. So I'm happy to have the truth come out. I just don't want the senator of the House to be used for lies, propaganda, and whether it comes from from the hard right or the hard left. Uh, Do you have a quick, who quick in the center have to. Yeah. Do you have a quick comment, uh, Professor Dershowitz, on what is going on right now regarding it's not even a conflict between Israel and Hamas, because apparently Hamas is trying yeah. to stand aside from it. It's between Israel yeah. and the PI, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is more That's radical right. Look, than Hamas. It, just again, compare the response. Israel targets the leaders, the terrorist leaders, and kills three of them. And the Palestinians attack a, a home in Rehovot, uh, kill a, a woman, a man, uh, uh attack homes. Uh, you know, the Israelis do everything in their power to avoid collateral damage. Obviously, it's inevitable because the Palestinians use their children as human shields to protect their terrorists. And, you know, somebody said, oh, but the Palestinians don't have shelters. Of course they don't have shelters because the Palestinian leaders won't build shelters. There are plenty of shelters in Gaza. I've been there. There are plenty of shelters in Gaza. The underground tunnels that the leaders go to, but they don't allow ordinary people to go there and that's why you have casualties so just let the truth come out and uh and and i wish the media would tell the truth by the way by the way rec yeah. recognizing positive steps and we should uh there's a piece in bbc today where they pointed out that about one-fourth of the casualties that uh, have been incurred by the palestinians came from Palestinian rockets. They're not very right. good at aiming these rockets into Israel. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, one-fourth of the deadly strikes have actually taken the lives of some Palestinian children and civilians. So that, right. Uh, and, you know, there's this, thing, there's this thing called Pollywood, where they come out with cameras and they immediately take pictures of dead children, tragically, tragically, and they bring them to the media without telling them that in some instances the children were killed by Palestinian rockets. And that's this Pollywood uh, business. There was a case a few years ago where they uh, accused Israel of killing a young man, and then they produced film of him getting up off the stretcher after they stopped the Pollywood stuff, and he was alive and fine and well. But, you know, there's a lot of false information coming out of Gaza, and um, it's just I wish the media – and you say you're right if if um, if BBC did the right thing for a change, if The Times does the right thing for a change, that's something that should be uh, commended. And um, and I commend also MSNBC because they're the ones who revealed the uh, McKay business. Now, would they have spent any time uh, revealing the anti-Semitism of the left? I don't remember them having a show on Tlaib and, and Omer and their hate fest. So... You know, a little bit one-sided, but we'll take what we can get in terms of part of the truth. Well, thank you for your efforts. Uh, his most recent book, Alan Dershowitz, Get Trump. Uh, and uh, I hope you get a wonderful Shabbat and a great weekend. We will be right back on The Medved Show.
And on the Michael Medved show, uh, just to give you a little bit of background on this uh, issue that we were just talking about with Alan Dershowitz, where he was directly involved, he intervened with the Trump family and uh, was able to get the two individuals off the list of speakers. But the, the entire event that they are doing which is at the Trump National Doral Miami is the latest stop of the Reawaken America tour. Uh, it's an event uh, that features Christian nationalist themes and appearances around the country by some of Trump's inner circle. According to its founder, the gathering seeks to save the nation by exposing the truth about fraud in health care, elections, and media. Uh, the tour which began in 2021, this is from the Miami Herald because they were holding this event in Miami, has promoted conspiracy theories such as the idea that the 2020 election was rigged against Trump and that elites operating a child sex trafficking ring conspired against the former president. That's the basic QAnon idea and the idea of the obsession they believe that this ring of elites drink blood. The event's founder is Clay Clark, an entrepreneur and former candidate for mayor of Tulsa, he lost, who has described the COVID-19 vaccine as a bioweapon on uh, Rumble, an alternative to YouTube that gained popularity with conservatives during the pandemic. Uh, some of the speakers are part of Trump's inner circle, says a Miami Herald, including son Eric Trump, daughter-in-law Laura Trump, and the Truth Social CEO and former congressman, Devin Nunez. Uh, some of the speakers on the conference's lineup, now this is the lineup that they were going to have before they started getting these um, cancellations, partially because Alan Dershowitz was calling appropriate attention to it. Uh, two of the speakers were Charlie Ward, who was described as a personality on Rumble, who has praised Hitler, for warning us about the truth about Judaism. And he claimed that viruses are Jew-made, according to screenshots from his Telegram channel. Uh, Scott McKay also hosts a show on Rumble in which he has said that Hitler was fighting the same people that we're trying to take down today. And uh, there's much more. Other speakers lined up for this wonderful gathering uh, include Alex Jones, a founder of InfoWars, who uh, lost a great deal more <laughs> in his lawsuit um, against the, the families who had been victimized from Sandy Hook, uh, claiming that uh, no children had actually died in Sandy Hook, that it was all a fraud. He was ordered to pay nearly a billion dollars in damages to families of uh, the victims from uh, in 19 and 2022. Uh, Roger Stone uh, is a Trump ally and conservative political consultant. Uh, Stone supported the Stop the Steal rally that preceded the 2021 storming of the U.S. Capitol and claimed the 2020 election was stolen from Trump. Of course, he did. He was also convicted and then pardoned by President Trump. Michael Flynn also convicted of lying to the FBI and pardoned by President Trump. Uh, General Flynn uh, is a supporter of QAnon and has uh, uh, 
been very outspoken with his family together and driving people to QAnon, the believer in the blood-drinking pagan Satanists who are behind all the power in the world. Uh, Sidney Powell, who did so much to discredit the the efforts by Rudy Giuliani and and others to uh, argue about the stolen election, uh, the uh, Lila Sentner uh, is also on the speakers list there. She uh, is the CEO of a private school in Miami who made headlines when she said she wouldn't employ anyone who had been vaccinated against uh, COVID-19. And uh, then Charlie Ward and Scott McKay, who we, we just spoke about. In any event, uh, with, with, with all of this going on, it is somewhat reassuring to see that uh, there, there's more common sense in uh, the United States that, um, uh, than you might expect when it comes to what is going on in the wider world. Uh, there's a new Pew Research study, and it's a big study, which went to literally thousands of respondents, The headline, Americans hold positive feelings toward NATO and Ukraine and see Russia as an enemy. Uh, Is that encouraging? I think it is encouraging. As is typical of American public opinion, there are partisan divides, they say, on many of the international issues surveyed. Democrats and independents who lean toward the Democratic Party are on balance more favorable toward Ukraine, toward NATO, and toward key European leaders. Republicans and independents who lean toward the Republican Party are more likely to want to pay attention to domestic issues rather than to be active in foreign affairs and are more inclined to say the U.S. should follow its own interests. There are also slight partisan differences on attitudes toward Putin, with Republicans marginally less negative than Democrats toward Russia's leader. But both sides are negative. And Republicans are almost equally divided in their views toward NATO, Ukraine, and Zelensky. But attitudes toward Russia remain very negative. Majorities of Americans have very unfavorable opinions of Russia, 62%. Say Russia is an enemy, 64% have no confidence at all in Putin, uh, 71% say they have no confidence at all in Putin. Uh, How could it be that low? Zelensky gets higher praise from older Americans, those with more education, and Democrats. And about 9 in 10 Americans have heard of the Ukrainian leader. Uh, Most Americans have a favorable view of NATO. 62% express a positive opinion, while 35% have a negative opinion of the organization. How does anyone have a negative opinion of NATO? I mean, especially with Finland just admitted and Sweden about to be admitted. Uh, On what basis would you have a negative opinion of NATO? It's incredible. Uh, In 2022, shortly after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, 67% held a uh, favorable view of NATO, the highest percentage measured since... uh, Research Center transitioned online surveys. Most Americans have a favorable opinion of Ukraine, 
two-thirds have a favorable opinion of the country, while 34% have a negative view. Only 7 in 10 Americans ages 65 and older express a, uh, about 7 in 10, 65 and older express a favorable view of Ukraine more than any other age group. You know why that is? It's because people who are older than 65 have some memories of the Cold War. Most people who are younger than 65, it's probably the distant past. But if you're old enough to remember a time when you had the Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, you had the wall in Berlin where literally they would shoot people who were trying to escape from uh, eastern to western Germany, uh, what percentage of people have a uh, positive view of Russia in the U.S.? 7%. Uh, well, Tucker, you're going to have to find some new company. Uh, this, and he is finding a new company, uh, d- despite the non-compete. This is a similar level of negativity compared with last year's survey when 92% of Americans were negative toward Russia. A majority of Americans continue to view Russia as an enemy rather than a competitor, and Americans show much greater support for Zelensky than Putin and are less familiar um, with uh, leaders like Macron of France or Schultz of uh, Germany. A part of what all this shows, it seems to me, is that when... People talk about Donald Trump playing to his base. I mean, his base ultimately, if he is actually going to get elected president of the United States, has to be America in general. And when he at uh, his town hall uh, refused to say who should win the war, that he didn't care basically whether Russia or Ukraine won the war, he just wanted to end it. That point of view does not reflect the national point of view, not even close for this greatest nation on God's green earth.